Hello guys and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis and Benjamin Holden. Here we go then, you can do a little sneak so We've got a very today. special guest in today. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to give him a bit of an intro, but I'm allow allow myself to kind of um, introduce myself as well. So the gentleman we are introducing is um, formerly known by Ethan Payne, but also goes by the nickname, I'm saying this right, Bazinga. Yeah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> Straight <laughs> and he's, uh, a part of the Sidemen group, which is a, a group of British YouTubers. They produce online videos consisting of vlogs, different challenges, game show formats, and video game um, commentaries. Um, as well, he's got his own line of merchandise and a few of the different bits and bobs that he delves into. He has, I think, of it at the moment, 3.7 million YouTube subs. Damn. And um, yeah. 2.3 2. million Instagram followers. But um, I'll, I'll let um, Ethan kind of delve into a little bit more about what he does and define himself a little bit more for, for all the listeners who don't know him as of yet. You smashed it. That was like a ring walk. That was like, <laughs> that was like a ring walk. They're like, he's got this, he's got that. Um, yeah, just a, a kid that grew up on the internet. Um, just wanted to share sort of gaming content originally. Um, come from like Call of Duty to FIFA to then sort of nowadays where it's a lot more lifestyle based, real life based. And along the way, I met six other people that also produced online gaming content. And um, somehow it just organically grew into this huge empire that um, we upload videos every week. We've had a book, we've done a show. It, it, you can't really explain it. It's just a group of guys having fun that sort of snowballed out of control and ended up being as big as it is. I suppose, apart from getting paid to do porn, you can't really get paid to do many better jobs than what you do then. <laughs> to be fair, that's, that's a good way of looking at it. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, that's we, such a bloke thing to say as well. That's such a guy thing to say. I think, I think all of us realise that we're, we're very lucky to be in the situation we are because we all did just start as the guy at school or college, whatever it was, that just wanted to share gaming clips. So I think coming from it just being a hobby to then now what it is, I think there's still that sort of love element of doing what we, we started doing as kids, essentially. Okay. And in regards to your, would you call it a stage name? Stage name? Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, we'll call it a we'll stage it. name. Where, where did that kind of come from? Uh, Big Bang Theory. Yeah, I mean, uh, I said yeah, that. Where was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Bang Theory. I was playing Xbox one day. I had my Xbox here, Big Bang Theory on the other monitor, and I was like, Do you know what? I'm just gonna type it differently and change my Xbox name to it, and that's it's that's stuck. stuck. It's yeah, is it's such a weird name though. It's such a weird name because. I never thought I was going to be in this situation, right? Where people, <laughs> where people in the street would come up to me and say, hello, Bazinga. And it was, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit weird, but it's fun. Yeah, mate. My, um, I was saying to Lucy before, because obviously we met you at um, first at the gym shop. It was then. literally, I was thinking this, it was honestly, a year, was it a year ago this month or was it July? I think it was July. Oh, it was July. Something, something's telling me corrected. July. Yeah, because yeah, I just hadn't heard them. Yeah, yeah. No, it was July. So that's the first time we met. That was my first event as a Gymshark athlete, Gymshark person. That was your first event mm-hmm. with me. Was that your first big event? Yes, yeah. absolutely. I was so blown away by it because um, I sort of 
I joined up with them earlier on that year. And they said, oh, do you want to come to the event? I thought I was just going to be a floater. That was just sort of, <laughs> you were definitely was, not just a floater. No, no, I know. But I thought, because <laughs> I'm so blind in everything. I just think, oh, I'm new. Uh, I just started going to the gym to sort of better myself and blah, blah, blah. I thought I was just going to float around the event doing a little bit here and there. Little did I know that I was going to be on the, <laughs> the male athlete meetup thing every day or whatever. It, and it, I left the event. I was like, oh my God, I was not expecting this, but uh, it was it was an amazing time. Yeah, no, it's completely mind-blowing. I always feel like it knackers you out as well because like you're smiling like so much. And it's like, oh my God, my smile, I think it looks a bit fake. And it's like, oh my God. No, they are yeah. they are unbelievable. Um. With your YouTube channel, obviously you, how many years ago did you actually start your YouTube channel? I think we had, did we have a rough Eight estimate? Years ago, oh, I think Ben's already answered Yeah, the yeah. I've, I've had multiple different channels before this one. So growing up in the Call of Duty days, it was all about trying to get the coolest clips or whatever. So I had many a stage name, many a stage <laughs> name before that was just like, oh, six shot, blah, 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 something like that. Um, I've been doing it since I was 13. Um, oh my God, that's incredible. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm about to be 25 in three days. So um, yeah, it is, is weird when you think about it. Um, <laughs> th- like 12 years, 12 years I've been doing this. I always think when I take a step back, in other industries, say you worked in the, in the city or something, if someone said they've been doing this for 12 years, you'd be like, wow, that's like a... Yeah, uh, it's like a full full length like career in this now, yeah. uh, but still chugging along. <laughs> but I think it does go to show as well though, that people don't realise how long it takes to build up that size of platform. And another person who is, I suppose, kind of like that has come to light a lot over the last twelve months is um, Matters Fitness as well. And a lot of people are like, oh, he just shot up when, in actual fact, he's been doing it for like the last seven or eight years, and people just see yeah. the tip of the iceberg of where he's really started to grow. Definitely. I think Matt's a really great example of how he's been at it for so long in his field, like the fitness industry and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But recently in the last year, two years, he's sort of, he's put a lot more of his personality into his videos and yeah. his creative ideas. And I think it's just, it's paying off um, massively for him because he's, his subscribers are shut up. Um, just his, all like across YouTube, his views are incredible now. Yeah. I think, um, well, I didn't, before I'm not really into like the ga- like gaming that much. Yeah. And like I played like a little bit when I was younger, but my cousin is like the biggest fan of just you in general. I told him <laughs> I was on a podcast with you today and he's like sent he sent me about a list of twelve questions over. <laughs> um even some of it's as like specific as why asking why he smashed his control off when he conceded last minute or something this weekend <laughs> <laughs> every now listen i i grew up i'm a gamer okay i love games and i'm i'm so competitive so when i feel like something isn't going my way but i'm doing everything i can to try and combat it sometimes anger comes out <laughs> as, a, as, as a gamer it comes, comes out i was i was actually just looking at your youtube video uh, youtube video youtube channel Earlier this morning, and I think that video which you did put up eight years ago, I think it had like it's got it's got like a couple of thousand views on it because I'd imagine most people will like look at your channel, flick back to what the first ever video yeah, was. Yeah. But then within that kind of first build-up stage, there was videos that have like a couple of hundred views, five hundred mm-hmm. views, etc. What do you think it is that made 
you as a person persevere because mm. I think that's where most people will fail have. when they don't see yeah. that immediate, immediate return. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's sort of, you can compare it to sort of looking in the mirror with gym stuff, can't you? Like mm. if people, if people expect overnight results. But I think um, when people come to the platform in the last sort of, I feel like a dinosaur on YouTube, right? Because I've been <laughs> doing it for so long. But the era that me and all my friends come from, did it just because it was a passion, right? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I didn't look at the views and think, oh, I'm not making enough to even go anywhere. It was just, I want to upload this video. I'm, I'm expressing my creativeness by mm-hmm. uploading this video about FIFA or, or something like that. Like it was just a, a, almost an output for wanting to be creative on the internet. Yeah. Um, whereas I feel like nowadays, a lot of people will come to the platform like, oh, I need to get this amount of subscribers so then I can start earning yeah. money, I can start doing mm-hmm. this. Um, I think perseverance-wise, it was just back then the community was a lot smaller, especially gaming-wise. Yeah. Um, so it was very niche as well with certain games like FIFA. There was only certain few people that would bring in views or X, Y, Z. Um, so it was just it was a tight-knit community that were just having fun, and I think that's what it was. It was um, it's just the fun aspect that makes you persevere. I never really cared about views. Um, yeah. It was always about the fun aspect to it. I think that's like so important though because like you said so many people kind of jump on the bandwagon now of like social media instagram youtube thinking it's going to be like an instant return Mm. and you you can't expect an instant return ever for for stuff like that because you you wouldn't enjoy it and you can't focus on just like i wonder how much money i can make from doing this like it's not it's just not about that i think it goes back to like that terminology though when this whole thing of is it give and forget, receive and remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're always putting shell there because you just enjoy doing it and you're not ever yep. expecting anything back. But the rule, is it the rule of reciprocation is where something yeah. eventually comes back to you anyway? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's, it is interesting to see sort of how social media has changed the times as well because back in the day, Twitter and stuff was just merely a nowadays you just compare each other like people just compare everything so people will jump on instagram or twitter or youtube to try and get into this and then they will constantly compare themselves to the next person doing it or or the next person that they want to be like or the people they're taking inspiration from i think just take your inspirations but just be you that's what's going to make it a lot more enjoyable for you in the long run Mm -hmm. so how how is this kind of um this period and time that we're in now affected you, your lifestyle, your business, the type of content that you're creating? Um, I think personally, um, I'm one of the more, it's weird because I'm like an introverted extrovert in many ways. Like I really love my home comforts and my just cut off in my own space time. Mm-hmm. But I'm also out of the house a lot. I just like going out doing things, whether even it's going out in the daytime. I like the whole process of going to the gym because I, I like the before and after. Yeah. Like I, I enjoy it. Um, so losing that, like sort of just as a cut off, was a bit bit jarring. Um, I was sort of frustrated for like the first month, but I sort of as with everything, you have to adapt and overcome. Um, so I sort of found my found myself enjoying training from home now. Um, but business wise, it's difficult because everyone thinks, "Oh my god, look." everything stops surely this is the internet's time to shine like social media people this is where they can mm-hmm. it's so difficult especially that like, the group of boys that uh we make videos with we always have such big vast ideas that 
we'll have to go and film in a studio. We'll have people working mm. on them on the side. To, to then having to go back to stripping it back to being just in an office with a webcam again yeah, and yeah. trying to still be creative and funny in that way and entertain people every week. That was one of the most difficult things. And we'd go back and forth in the group chat, sort of like, we should just sack it off until we can go back and, and do what we do best. And then there was the argument of like, if we can do it now in this tough time, it's just going to be great for us because people realize that these guys can do anything. They're versatile. Um, so we're still managing to do it and, <laughs> and, and it's easing up now, which is nice because we can sort of ease our way back into, into doing the big grand ideas. Mm -hmm. I feel like anyone who's kind of given back in this period of time though and keeping people kind of entertained is, is the people that will be remembered when I suppose things mm. start going back to some normality as well, no matter what kind of industry you're in. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely a good look for sort of what we do anyway. I definitely think your videos, because we've been watching them and they are hilarious. Like I was crying at the Mount Everest one. Oh, I just honestly, but that's so, is it innovative? If mm -hmm. I said that correctly? Yeah. And just to come up with an idea like that, like Ben said, when you're doing something that's going to entertain people, that's mm. so interesting to watch. And it was just so fucking funny. Like people will remember your content even more so when we come out of this period of like COVID and when everything kind of goes back to the new normal, which I think's really, really important. Mm. And one of your videos that I was watching was where Instagram controlled your life. For oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, so with those sort of videos and the confidence behind them how do you have the balls to do the sort of stuff basically in the easiest way possible because <laughs> like getting a tattoo going yeah. to the gym in your little cheeky hawaiian shirt like <laughs> like have you always been that confident or has it kind of grown oh definitely not oh no Conf <laughs> conf confidence is is something new and i i sort of try and i try and strive for a lot more confidence because i believe it is sort of what you give out, you get back. So if mm -hmm. you're constantly positive, trying to have like this, like good energy around you and everything you do, um, it ends up coming back to you and, and life, life is nicer. Um, so that's definitely a new thing. I would have been able to hold a conversation for longer <laughs> than five minutes uh, back in the day. And I think, yeah, it probably does come with experience and mm -hmm. every video is essentially practice, I suppose, isn't it? Like you sort of yeah. you learn from that video and then you go into the next one with a different mindset of, oh, I can make this one better by doing this. Um, and I think I just, I, I don't look at it as if like, it's weird because people look at you when you're in the street filming or something. Like you're a, you're a weirdo, and this is out of the norm. Like, <laughs> yes, it's out of the norm, but this is my job at the end of the day nowadays. Yeah. Like, I'm I've come out with an idea. I'm working. I'm gonna do my best job at being uh, like being having fun. That's it. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, so the, the the way I think a lot of people look at confidence is that one day it's just gonna slap them in the face, and then they'll be able to mm. do something, have the confidence to do something. So, such as make the kind of videos that you're making in front of other people with a bit of an audience there. Yeah. Whereas I think most of the time, the, and especially for yourself, the confidence has, has came once you've taken the action because then yeah. you've learned you've learned through yeah. doing it. And I think I mean, that's a big thing for anyone. I mean, I know I was always, until you pushed me more to yeah. do, I was always shit myself even just to record. You introverted though. You just didn't, it was speaking in with the camera. No, I was just recording stuff in the gym and stuff as well. I was yeah. always too bothered about what other people think. And I think everyone yeah. goes through that kind Period. of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Definitely. <laughs> yeah. I think I think the greatest things in life are always on the other side of of something that makes you a little bit nervous, mm-hmm. or something that makes you a little bit scared. Usually the the best outcomes for life are on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. So I always think, yeah, it, there's another YouTube channel. Their slogan is seek discomfort. And I couldn't agree more because you come out a better person. 100%. Oh, I like that name. Which? Seek discomfort. I suppose it's like that, that, that is like, like who's, I was read, reading this book today and Joe, the guy from marketing, just said it to me today in regards. So I know it's in regards to like more financially, but you will always meet a rich man who has taken risks mm. and you will always meet a poor man that never has. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely about risk. It's all, mm-hmm. I feel like risk has so much reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But- risk, risk, fear and, and nerves. What I always say to people as well is don't mistake nerves for a bad thing. Nerves can be really positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nerves can be really positive because you get that feeling. And then once you've done it, you'll be like, Oh, smash that. Like I've absolutely yeah. smashed it. And then you get the, you want to do it again. You want to try this, you want to try that. So it's sort of just it's like a building block game. As soon as you do that, you go you go further. Yeah, well, I was speaking to do you know Ant Middleton yeah, um yeah. at an event a couple of months ago, and I know he's put it in his book as well, in regards to he calls it the fear bubble. So mm. when he feels nervous and stuff now, he sees it as like a good thing because he's like, yeah. I know whilst I'm in this period, there's gonna be Definitely. change for the good and for the future that I, I've never felt in this period before. So I know whatever comes of this now is going to benefit me for, for the yeah. future as well. Definitely. Yeah, Couldn't massively. Agree more. So we have, I, I actually asked the first question before, but we've had so many questions from people. We've managed to whittle it down to 10 questions. Lovely. Nice work. Lovely. I did ask one before about social media, but the second question is, and this might be quite difficult because I didn't even realize you started YouTube at the age of 13, which is obviously yeah. super young. But what do you think you'll be doing if you were doing what you aren't doing now? Um, I've always had, I've always been creative. Art was the only thing that really got my attention. Like art and ICT were sort of the only things that really got me. Everything else, um, I sort of, all of my school reports say he's clever because he understands it, but then he just does what he wants. Mm. So I'd always get, I'd always clock it and then move on to doing what mm. I fancied. But art and ICT were the only real things that sort of grasped me. So I've always been a little bit creative in that aspect. Um, loved graphic design. That was sort of one of the things that I really wanted to get into. And um, I absolutely flopped school, really flopped school, but that's, just because of loads of other extras that were going on in life. I just absolutely lost track. Um, and I, applying for college, I couldn't get, get, couldn't get in anywhere because um, like the grade threshold or it was stopping me. Mm-hmm. But I already had such a portfolio already of 3D design that I'd done, uh, just all this design work that I'd done, that I went to one of the interviews and I just took my laptop with me and I was like, right, listen, I know I probably don't match... Uh, Jeff, who's got the grades or whatever, yeah. but what I do have is this, and it's all self-taught. Like I haven't, I haven't been anywhere. I haven't done anything. It's all self-taught. It's my portfolio. Um, and like a couple of weeks later, they come back. They said, "Yeah, we're willing to offer him the place on on sort of just his own his own that. merit." So I sort of got into a games development and graphic design course, um, and I finished that with a distinction. So I smashed it. Um, but then YouTube was sort of taken off like around then. Yeah, like 
because I'd been doing it for about three years before that with nothing, like absolutely nothing. And then <laughs> towards the last year of college, I was I was getting there and I was like, Mum, I can I can probably sort of like make a living off of this, I reckon. Now. <laughs> um, like, could I just drop out of college? She was like, no, no, you're finishing. And then she, she also said, she, she, when I left and I, she said, you have to go to at least a couple of university interviews and then we'll discuss it. Um, and I went to the university interviews and I just realized it wasn't for me anymore. I, I wanted to pursue this sort of thing that was there, but probably games development, games development, graphic design was always where I was headed just because that was sort of where I still got a game I made on my computer. It's like a little 2D ninja game that throws no like shurikens at people. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. Oh, I love that. I think that's amazing as well because I feel like when I was in high school and then college, I felt like everyone just went to uni. Like I, Mm. at the time, probably didn't even need to go. I didn't want to go. My ambition was always sport and fitness. Mm. I didn't feel like a degree was really necessary, the right route that I should have taken. But I did it because it was kind of just like the thing to do. Mm, Like all my friends were doing it. I was like, oh, I may as well. But I started my business in first year anyway. So uni was just kind of like a side thing. (laughs) It wasn't even like, it wasn't even a full-time commitment in my head. Um, So I think that's so important for you to say that to especially younger people now. Because I do feel like the curriculum is changing where people don't feel as pressured yeah you, you, yeah you did you i feel like schools just fail people in general because they don't set people up yeah to... I, c- I couldn't agree more on that mm-hmm. i feel like there's, there's so much that when you come out of of school and college or whatever it is there's so much that just hits you in the face and it can get a little bit overwhelming mm-hmm. as well just like general life whereas you've you've gone to school college university for this bit of paper that says i'm really good at this yeah. essentially like hire me because i've trained to do this but there's also the shit life hits you with at the same time, like everything, living situations, whatever it is. That's what I mean. You're taught just to how to work for the government, pay taxes and pay bank big money. Yeah. So I don't think it ever really pushes people to be, and it's a, it massively suppresses people's creativity, I believe, sure. and, and yeah. encourages people to play the safe game. Yeah. But, um, we will, what was the question we to move on to? I'm getting pro to... Question number three. How, this is a really good question, actually. Okay, yeah, it's going to be completely different, and this is quite relevant because you were one of the um, the early ones. So, gotcha. what what do you think you would? Uh, no, I've just done that one, haven't I? Jesus, go Griffin. <laughs> How would you advise um, people who are starting on socials now compared to maybe ten years ago? What would be the different advice you would give your? Mate, let's, let's change the question. What advice would you give to yourself ten years ago? Um. Wow. Give it <laughs> okay. Um, oh boy, because I like I've been through like the burnout phase, the oh my god, I'm doing so great phase, oh my god, I'm just plateauing phase. Like I've been there, done everything now. Um I would say work hard, but don't don't be a slave to numbers or anything like that because it will make you the most unhappy. I think it's good to recognize that you're progressing but don't get attached to figures and statistics because I feel like although they can be good and bad, you'll just get so wrapped up in it and mm. it's not, it's not worth it. Find your fun in it. Don't, don't focus on the, the stuff that's judging you, your likes, your subscribers or whatever, just 
have a passion and then stick to it and you'll reap the rewards in the in the long term um but yeah don't get addicted to statistics or trends or forcing things that just aren't you because i think you find yourself the most unhappy in that situation did you find that you got caught up in a certain period kind of with the system of creating content that you knew i suppose the system would would like yeah definitely i i think it, it happens to a lot of youtubers like you you notice certain trends coming going mm-hmm. whatever it may be and um and you sort of as soon as you get into that you end up playing the chase game right because because you might blow up off of one trend and then you're always chasing the next one but the people that found you through this trend aren't interested in you yeah. they're not interested in what you had to offer or the person behind it whereas i feel like what we've sort of me and all my friends in in the group we've sort of done over the years is is enable people to buy into us like they're they're invested in us not just yeah. what we do on the platform but they they care about us they they're interested in what we have to say do or produce mm-hmm. whereas i feel like yeah you just end up playing catch up and it's the worst thing to get stuck into because you're just you're not being you you're chasing everything else thinks popular mm-hmm. that's that's I I feel like I just resonate with that from the start of my, I guess, like fitness journey. I used to just love a like. I used yeah. to love, and I feel like a lot of people do go through it. And I massively agree where you cannot focus on the statistics. Obviously, they're important to know, but mm. they're not important to focus your career on or what you're doing because it will drive you crazy. It'll make you upset if things aren't going the way you think they should be going. Um, so yeah, that's a ridiculously important thing to take away. Now, this is a good question, and I don't know if you do have any, but what have the drawbacks been for you from living a life online? Um, wow, if there <laughs> are any, yeah, no, 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 yeah, of course. But as this is the thing, every great thing has things that mm-hmm. can be a con but people don't see behind closed doors people don't people see scratch level surface stuff this is what i have to explain to some people is that just because in sort of now today's world everybody online usually wants a following wants to be a person of interest or something like that but again i feel like a dinosaur because I was just a kid that wanted to make videos, right? So when people say, oh, you're famous, mate, I'm like, no, no, I'm Ethan from Essex that wanted to make <laughs> uh, There's nothing about me that's famous or anything like that. So I would say I don't think I was ever meant to be a famous person because I'm very, I am sort of a closed book. I don't, I like my personal space. <laughs> I like my own time alone and stuff like that. So, um, when people don't sort of, because we've been online for so long, they feel like your friends, right? Mm-hmm. But they know a lot about me. Well, they see like the stuff they yeah, want to yeah. see. But then they don't, I don't know you. So a lot of the time people can mistake you for being rude or and it's, yeah. it's people come up with assumptions about you. And it's like, I'm still a normal person at the end of the yeah. day. I always have been. That's where I come from. I'm just a bloke that put videos on the internet. Um, and then the other drawback could be I think just getting obsessed with it at one point, getting wrapped up, getting too wrapped up in it. I went through a really bad sort of period of of just being burnt out, not mm-hmm. wanting to post because 
I felt like I was going to let down the million people that have subscribed to me because mm. it's not good enough. And then you sort of battle in your own head. You're like, well, people just want to see you for you. And then you're like, but I'm not good enough because I, I haven't done this. I haven't done that. Yeah. So you sort of, you throw it back and forth in your head and you end up getting in a rut because you feel like there's 1.6 million people on your shoulders when realistically there's not. You're, it's just a game in your head. So yeah, I think those two things. Amazing. Cool. Um, in regards to, um, I suppose, from a, a business sense as well, but the question with respect to your personal brand and your online business. So the question is, what kind of other revenue streams um, do you now have a result from having like built such a big platform over, yeah. over the years? Um, well, YouTube's the... YouTube was the main income that was from a main channel and second channel. And then obviously um, we create the Sidemen channel, which now is, and that, we, we're all shareholders in, in the company and stuff like that. So that's all split. Everything's split evenly between all seven of us. Um, it always has been since the very first date we incorporated or whatever. Yeah. It's always been split equally. Um, well, else do we have Instagram brand deals, campaigns. That's always mm. like a in, income stream. Um, the clothing, which is the Sidemen merchandise. Um, I'm trying to run through it now. Gymshark, um, bulk powders. Uh, I'm trying to think now. I'm, I'm about to launch. I'm about to launch my very own app company soon. Um, oh my god, that's well that. exciting! Yeah, so he loves so what it is. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fitness. It's, it's, it's sort of just like it's my first foothold in actually doing something in the fitness industry, if you know mm -hmm. what I mean, because yeah. I've sort of had this two years now where I've, I've focused on bettering myself and I still touch wood because I don't know how I'm around such great people like meeting you guys at the Gymshark thing. Like it doesn't make sense because I just come from that tubby kid that played games <laughs> wanting to better himself. So even being in this situation where I can mention myself in the sentences, good brands like Gymshark and Bulk mm -hmm. whatever it is. So now I was like, let me try and make my impact. So I've got sort of just like general fitness tips, uh, guides, plans and stuff like that coming in for just an audience that, that haven't really dived into fitness before. And I yeah. think the amount of people that have asked about how I did it or whatever, this is sort of a good way of, of introducing people into things. Yeah, I think that probably fits quite nicely mate, into the next kind of run a few questions that we've got, which are more... Um, fitness space and especially over Instagram and stuff we got hundreds of questions in regards to your your personal fitness journey and I think this is one of the reasons why it's quite important that we had you on today is because you come from a, a background which isn't bodybuilder-esque and isn't like mainstream fitness industry it is more lifestyle based which the majority of people who get into health and fitness mm -hmm. are more fit into those um, I suppose categories yeah and it's people for, who are looking for general weight loss and they aren't looking for the most optimal way to do stuff. They're possibly looking for something that's more suboptimal in regards yeah. to they want to have a lifestyle. They want to go out for a beer. They want to yeah. go out for something to eat. They don't want to be a slave to, I suppose, the guidelines and the, the kind of stereotypical stuff that comes from yeah. the old school era of, of fitness. So one of the questions or one of the, the questions we had first if you if you don't mind talking about is your i think you put a transformation video up um yeah, yeah. Into, it was your 2008 you put it up in 2008 and you dropped 30 kilos mm -hmm. so that's incredible that's amazing <laughs> in itself by the way <laughs> but just just talk us through kind of the 
the process that you went through that? Um, I was always, it's weird because I, I would do it in sort of waves. Like there'd be some months where I, I sort of looked a little bit healthier in myself and I'd take things a little bit seriously. And then again, I'd go through a bad period where I'd start battling away in my own head and just, I blew up to about 110 kilos. Um, and I was sort of, it was just a process of, we was make, that was around the time we started making videos every week. And it was a sort of process of waking up in the morning thinking, oh, like, I don't like myself. So having to be on camera and try and entertain people is the least of my worries. Because mm-hmm. when you're in your own head like that, thinking, God, I fucking hate myself. I, I'm in no way, shape or form ready to be myself on camera or yeah. anything. It was sort of just like, I, I think everyone has a click moment. Everyone has their click moment about certain things in their life. And that, that was mine. It was, I woke up one morning, I messaged my friend JJ, his PT, and said, right, I want to start having sessions at my flat like every week or something. So that was sort of the beginning steps, but I just shut the door. That was it. I, I said, nope, not doing it again. I didn't have a cheat meal for six months. Uh, I didn't have any crisps, didn't have sweets, chocolate, nothing for six months, didn't have any fizzy drinks, only drunk water, no alcohol. For six months and that was sort of my quick cold turkey yeah. this is it like this is this is it you're you're changing now you will never go back um then after the six months i i, I believe you shouldn't build up a bad relationship with things so mm-hmm. like that beer can can it be really good for you mate it can be mm-hmm. because say you're on the weekend you want to watch football like tonight there's a football on it might make your week a little bit better so yeah. don't build up a bad relationship with things um but it was just all a process of, of I've never had like an end goal or compared myself to be like, I'm going to look like this or I'm going to be this. My goal was always by 30 or something like that. I don't even know around that period. I want to just feel good waking up. Like I want to feel happy. Right? I just want to feel like everything's flowing. I feel good. I, I'm awake. In the morning mm-hmm. I wake up and I, I want to do things. That was merely my aim was just to, hopefully be in the best shape of my life mentally and physically. It wasn't just a physical thing. It was more mental as well. Mm -hmm. I think what you just touched on there is important because I think, and I feel like from a lot of people that we speak to, they all have sort of an end goal. I want to look like this person or I want to look like that person. And what happens is they put this emphasis and this weight on being at this, this point B. Yeah. And then they're obviously at point A at the moment and they can never be happy until they get here. Yeah. Yeah. So all this time in between, they're just fucking miserable with themselves. And when they wake up in the morning, when they look at themselves in the mirror, and they can't be confident until they, yeah. until they get to that point. Whereas, obviously, the approach that you've taken is that you just want to be a little bit better yeah. as you go through. And that's a lot more healthy, for, for me, perspective to yeah. take. Because for some people, the hardest thing is saying no to something yeah. or, or whatever it is. But for some people, the hardest thing is to say yes. Like, for mm. example, you're going to go and have a beer. Um, when you watch the game for some people that's really difficult because they're yeah. so regimed into what they're doing with health and fitness they can't have that flexibility of why everything mm. just implodes so yeah. have, having that kind of balance is is really what I feel like most people are, tra- are trying to achieve but they kind of far overlook that process yeah. by just trying to get that that end goal and I think in, in the politest way possible one of the, the biggest things that I respect is from when I first met you at the Gymshark event was how you just got in amongst at the gym when we yeah. were all training, just got yeah. in amongst it and you weren't bothered. Because yeah. like 
I know for me, like if I were to come maybe into like um for things that you were doing and and gaming, I'd be like shit myself and be like yeah. really nervous. Where you can't just throw yourself into the mixer, you you uh just got involved with everyone. You went you weren't bothered, even though that might not have been your most comfortable natural environment yeah. to be in. So for me, that's something that I really respect from when I first met you. That you just kind of threw yourself in there. Definitely, I think I think like I said earlier, the the best things are usually on the side of something that you're a little bit nervous about. Like I've I've seen when Steve Cook was there, right? We were in the gym having a little session, yeah. whatever. Mate, he's been over all the fitness brands in yeah. here since I was like young growing up. Like, I've seen this guy do videos on the internet, everything. So then being like, bowling with the with everyone, then training with everyone was just sort of like I I think. Chuck yourself in there because if you reserve yourself and sort of look at it from the outside, you you won't you'll just think, oh, I remember that time I was at the gym when I did. Chuck yourself in because now when I'm 85 and I'm talking about how I got involved, I'll say, do you know what? I chucked myself in there with these absolute units <laughs> and I had a good time. And I had a good time. And do you know what? I'm I'm thankful for it. Um but yeah, I think is you just gotta do it sometimes. Just go with the flow, see where yeah. it takes you. Definitely. So with what you said before, you, I've just picked up on this. So you messaged your friend's personal trainer. Mm. Did, did he train you at your flat instead of yeah. the gym? Well, what we'll do with this bit is we'll just edit it in that we did Nate, with Ethan's program. Oh yeah, we were your, yeah. we were we were your coaches for the whole, the whole six yeah. months. <laughs> <laughs> no, so with that, and this is just a question that I'm curious about, did you not feel like you wanted to go in the gym straight away? Did you feel like you were more comfortable within your flat before you transitioned to the gym? Because I know a lot of our members, mm, and I guess like our audience as well, they do get quite high levels of gym anxiety. Yeah. They're not usually in that environment and they feel like they have to go to the gym to achieve a goal. But that's just interesting what you um, said there. Yeah um so he he sort of used to train my friend at his house anyway so that was sort of a thing I knew he would do he would come to my flat and um I thought getting started I don't know really what I'm doing in the gym properly like I sort of used to go to the YMCA as a kid and sort of play around on a fly machine that was about it I didn't know what I was doing um so I knew that home sessions would sort of maybe once or twice a week sort of just give me the the sort of kickstart that I needed sort of just mm. all right get going so you sort of have a little bit of information of what you're doing and then the days when he wouldn't come was sort of like homework days it was sort mm. of like right now I'm just gonna do this what I've learned I'm gonna keep doing it um and yeah I think it, a lot of it is I didn't like going to the gyms because you sort of you see everybody in there and everyone what you assume in your head right is that everyone's got this mega program that they know what yeah. they're doing like they know oh, i'm gonna go over here and do this and i'm gonna get on the cross trainer and i'm doing this for 32 minutes exactly and then if you're not doing that you're an idiot or something like that like yeah. you, just, you build it build it build it up in your head that everyone is so drilled in and they know what they're doing when realistically in those four walls and a door as soon as you go through it people are just in there because they want to feel better that's yeah. all you've got to realize is that it is just four four walls that's it and people want to feel better that's simply it um and no one's really bothered no, no one's really bothered i think the only time i've ever been bothered was i saw someone doing an exercise when it was it was really heavy and i thought this isn't safe and yeah. i i but that was because i cared about them that's and, and i think that's one thing 
people think that if people speak to you in the gym, that it's sort of condescending and they, yeah, they, yeah. And they're talking. Yeah. Believe me, I just cared for this person's like spine. Health, that was yeah. Really, yeah. <laughs> but I just, I just really cared for them. Um, so if people do, a, a really lovely old guy come up to me in the gym one day when I was training traps, and he was like, "Oh, by the way, can I just recommend an exercise to you?" And I was like, "Mate, take the floor, please do it," because. <laughs> Because you you've been in here since I've joined the gym, so you yeah. must know your way about it. You must know what exercise you're doing. And I think if you take that more open-minded approach to it and think everyone's in here to better themselves, some people might come up to you and say, "You should try this." Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, that exercise became one of my trap exercises yeah. because because this random guy doesn't know my name, just thought maybe he can benefit from this, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. It's just a positive positive place. Yeah, I think I was speaking about this the week on the podcast. That like I was saying. At the end of the day, we are all just fucking winging it. As much as you want to research, look into it. At the end of the day, yeah. we're all fucking winging life. Yeah. And yeah. I think at the same time, if anyone's ever looking at you in the gym, most of the time it's not because they think you're a knob. It's probably because they think you're you're probably pretty decent. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's, an, that's another or, thing is, is appreciation for, that, yeah. for people. Yeah, that's 100%. It, yeah. Or they're interested in what exercise you're doing. Or daydreaming. I daydream yeah. realize that I'm accidentally staring at someone. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not, oh, sorry. Like, you're just daydreaming. Yeah. Yeah. You're not in. Most people don't really care what you're doing. And I think it, that's probably the drawback more than anything is that you perceive that they are mm. thinking something about you, which builds up like this um, feeling of nervousness in the gym of what mm. other people are thinking about you. But it's, it's exactly the same. And I think... And I feel like from speaking to clients, a lot of people who maybe are over, more overweight or beginners who start in the gym are worried about what other people think. Mm. Like if I see someone and I don't know, a guy who's a little bit overweight in the gym and he's been doing some cardio, doing whatever, I'm not thinking, oh, what the fuck's this? Yeah. I'm thinking, fuck, this is fucking brilliant. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'm the type of person who beats yeah. at people when they're running yeah, past exactly. in the, in the yeah. road. And like, this yeah. is where you should be. This is where you deserve to be. Like, yeah. well done you. Like, yeah, it's exactly. not the other way around. So, I think people, if they sort of switch off from that, it will it will help a lot more. But just coming from like a, another perspective, from like a coaching point of view, Lucy's done it in the gym before where she was so nervous to go and correct someone's form and help them yeah. because of the feeling that they would feel nervous yeah. about her. Yeah. Do you know what well, I mean? It's so a, you don't want to come across as intimidating. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I know as a coach, she was doing hip thrusts. It's like my forte exercise. I knew what she was doing. <laughs> she was going to slip a disc in her spine yeah. or something. She loaded the bar. And it, it's getting that, I guess, like boundary of where mm. you feel like you can go up to someone. You yeah. don't want to come across as a dick and you just want to correct them a bit. And yeah, I do think that was a good thing that I did there. Yeah, that's the best. I fucking, <laughs> I love, especially now and how it's switched around a lot more so with the sexes. I love walking to the gym and seeing a female just setting up a heavy barbell. And yeah, yeah. Lifting the shit over, deadlifting the yeah. shit over. So it's, it's, it's okay, fucking hell, <laughs> one then. Um, no, that, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. I love it. It's amazing. You see, you see people come in that you just don't expect or, yeah. or whatever it is. It's just, and they're just ripping up the deadlift yeah. and stuff. It's like, do you know what? Fair fucking dude. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go and rip that off the ground. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I know from watching some of this, it comes back to confidence again, watching some of your previous videos, and I suppose you've probably had comments about it online in, in previous videos and pieces of content, is that um, jibes thrown at you about your weight. Mm. Uh, and of course, you look like an absolute port scratcher now, so... <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> which, is, which is a positive thing, by the way, just so the listeners, yeah, yeah, understand. But um, how did how did that kind of affect 
you at that time and your confidence and your mindset with with doing doing things online? I think because I've been on the internet for so long, mm-hmm. anyway, I sort of I learned how to. You you just look at it at a face level um, and sort of realize people are just going to say horrible things, right? People are going to be mean about whatever it is you post on the internet. Like, even if I wasn't fat, mate, they'd be like, look at your fucking eyebrows, yeah. lad. Like, <laughs> if, if anything, they would just attack you for anything. So I sort of built up that over time, people are going to say mean things. But everyone has bad days. Everyone has little m- slip, slips in your head where you think, just a little bit of a lapse. And, um, and you might go through the comments and you might think, God, you only see the negative ones, right? Like that's, yeah, that's one do. thing about human nature. It's the same thing with newspaper headlines. You only look at the negative headlines, don't you? You're not going to look yeah. at boy 20 from, I don't know, Essex wins Nobel Prize Award. Like that, that's not going to, it's human nature to look yeah. at things negative. Um, so I think every now and then you can have a lapse. You can look at the mean comments. And I think, at times they would get to me because say if I went and shot a video one week and I knew it wasn't coming out for a week later, but when I got home and I was like, yeah, I probably look like shit. I, I, I don't, I didn't feel confident in that video. Mm. Then it goes out and people notice it as well. Yeah. That's when you can sort of be like, Fuck. like, yeah, no, I, I do feel shit. And you sort of end up eating yourself away because yeah. of what other people are saying. Um, but yeah, I just think, Human nature, you're going to look at negative comments, but just try and use it to power you up in a different way rather than letting it eat you alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's what I've learned as a woman who lifts weights and has muscle over the years <laughs> is you're always going to have negative comments and horrible, nasty comments. And like you said, yeah. you don't look at the thousands of positive ones. There's one negative. It's like, oh, God, yeah. that's... That does pull the heartstrings a little bit. And I think it is normal. Like I say, it's human behavior. And what I personally do is just kill them with kindness. I'm like, thank you so much, Gemma. Have a great day. Like, I think it's very, it's a very good approach to have rather than like fighting back and stooping down to their level. And that's something I definitely learned from you. Well, I think you've got to be empathetic with people because they've just sat there and watched however much time out of your your content that you've created, they've taken time out of your day, their day to do that and then leave a comment on on the video. Yeah. And more than likely, they're probably quite jealous and would like to be in the position that you're in, which is why they're watching you in the first place. So I think yeah. if you have empathy sometimes, it's more easy to kind of digest, I suppose. Yeah, I think another way of looking at it as well is, right, say you wake up every day with sort of just this jar of energy, right? realistically you want to be keeping that for things that you love and care about and enjoy so the minute that you throw that little bit of energy back at someone that just really is irrelevant at the end of the day to things you actually care about you're never getting that back are you you're never getting that sort of like like that put back in your jar because you've spent it on something that's worthless like i didn't need to you called me fat great okay mate Cheers. I hope you have a good week. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I hope that's made your week even better, mate. <laughs> yeah, literally. So we have one more question. I think this is a wonderful question to finish this incredible podcast on. And it's just about, so you're, obviously we just spoke about a lot, but your amazing transformation. And I guess, how did this change your life and your perspective in life? And did it, I don't know, did it increase your confidence even more? Um, than it did before so just that yeah little. um yeah very good question um 
I think it's completely changed my life in every sense of the word. Um, because I think before there was that fun kid like energy guy, but he was sort of it's almost like cobwebs, right? Like they tie you up, they tangle you up a bit. Like all your all the all the times you have dark, dark thoughts, whatever it is, you sort of get tangled up in it. But I think you've just got to it's it's changed my life in so many ways. Um, I'm yeah. You've got to learn to appreciate the small things as well, the little things in life. That's one of the main things. Is over the last two years, I've sort of really just spent time focusing on small things that make me happy and doing more of those. Um, and even if that that could be getting my coffee in the morning before going to the gym, <laughs> that just sets me on my way. Yeah. Just the small little things that really sort of make me happier. Um, and then also confidence-wise, I wouldn't have been able to do a podcast. I wouldn't have been able to have a conversation, um, especially with, with females, mate. Oh, oh, I, couldn't, <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't have a conversation. I would be like, I, I, I would completely, I would crumble. Um, whereas now I feel like I can have an intellectual conversation with the opposite sex, which is mind-blowing because that never happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was exactly the same when it came to that though. I've never probably told Lucy about this and it's probably not the right time to bring it up. I actually bought a book when I was, I must have been I was 17. It was like how to, I can't remember, it was something really cringy title. Like how to talk to a woman. Yeah, but yeah. it was more like probably how to seduce a woman. And <laughs> oh, it was something about like with magic tricks and stuff. And I'll send you the um, link for a mate of you. <laughs> yes, mate. Thank you. Need if you want to help, I <laughs> after, after lockdown, I'll need some retraining. Anyway. Um, I, think, I think, yeah, I've learned that you can't, you can't expect everything to come to you without putting work in. And even if it does seem like things are taking a while in any aspect, this could be with fitness, this could be with business, it could be anything. Just because you're working hard and, and it seems like everything's happening slowly, it's still happening. And, it, and when it does happen or when this short-term goal or long-term goal does hit you in the face, you'll be like, wow, I actually did that. It, you, you will feel amazing for continually working hard towards something rather than thinking oh, i've been killing myself for this long and nothing's happened just wait just wait because it's going to feel so much better at the, at the end of it so what would you say that your um next kind of goals will be then health and fitness wise i'm running the marathon london marathon uh this year and that was sort of i did all of this training right and um uh and it was sort of just like, okay, yeah, Ethan did this. Like, credit to him. Transformation's amazing. But I'd never done anything that was, like, a real test to myself, like, mm -hmm. in my own head. Like, okay, I've, I've run one 5K before. I've got a medal for it up there. <laughs> I've run one 5K before all of this. And it was awful. I think I did it in about 48 minutes. Like, I was just, <laughs> I was a he heifer lump running around. Um, so... It was like, okay, a teenage, and it was Teenage Cancer Trust. They they'd contacted the people that represent me and they said, hey, we'd like to know if Ethan would want to run for us. And I was like, one, what an, what an opportunity. Like a, a charity that does a lot for people that really need it has asked me if I want to run for them. I was like, yeah, go on, sign it off. And then my management was like, are you sure? It's a marathon. And I was like, do you know what? I am sure. Do it. We will do it. Um, so, yeah, London Marathon, that's the next big thing on the agenda. And um, I think that will be, because I've set myself, I want to run it in under four hours. Um, 
so I've been training for a three hour 45 marathon. Um, so I think when we get there on the big day, all I've got to do is run in a straight line for three, three hours, 45 minutes. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's, that's, that's I've simplified it. That's I think, the mindset. Yeah, that, that's what I do. I whittle things down to like the smallest description. Like I've got to run 26.2 miles around London. That's it. Like there's a lot worse things I could be doing. Yeah. <laughs> I've just got to run around London in a set amount of time. Um, so that's the main focus at the minute. And I think just over, over the years is just pushing on the positive message to people. Because I, like, I always say, I, I wouldn't wish how I felt at one point about myself on anyone. Because I know what happens. You start just doubting yourself. As soon as you start doubting yourself, you've only got yourself at the end of the day, realistically. Yeah. And, then, and then other people you care about. But as soon as you start doubting just you, it's horrific. And I wouldn't wish it on anyone. So, yeah. I think just just try and try and find the things that make you a happier person day by day. So that 1%. Mm. Yeah. Um, what I'll quickly do then is because... Um, we have a couple of questions from Instagram. So yep. there's like, I'll do this like quick fire. So just banging out yep. a couple gotcha. of answers. Nothing which is going to be too... Oh, I'm um... so pressured when people do quick fire. I feel like that's so <laughs> I'm stressed for you. <laughs> it's because I, I, I like talking and explaining myself. I know. So yeah, quick fire is like... Ah, ah. We're just to keep, to keep a, a couple of people happy. Um, blah, blah, blah. What was your deadlift PB? Uh, 180 kilos. Ooh. Go on, go on, son. Yeah, double, double the weight, double the weight. That's Have you ever considered a plant-based diet? I tried being vegan for a month. I just, <laughs> I just ended up eating Pringles because <laughs> solid Pringles, diet. Because yeah, certain Pringles are vegan, and I, I just instantly found all the bad things. Because at the time, I like, I like my greens. I like a few greens, but I don't like just. Yeah, I couldn't hack it. It wasn't for me at the time. Uh, favorite food? Oh, <sighs> crisps, crisps, without a doubt, crisps. I love crisps. <laughs> I love crisps, but proper food? Uh, I don't know. Uh, rice probably is <laughs> handy. It's always handy. Keep some in your pocket when you need it. Joey does it. It serves a purpose everywhere. If I'm on a shoot, I can buy a packet of microwave rice, and it does the job. That's so true. It's a very versatile food. Yeah, it does the job any situation. <laughs> um, any supplements that you take? Uh, fish oils and multivitamins and vitamin D. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you're into this. Maybe I've missed something, but um, what what anime are you into? Um, I just like One Punch Man. I just re- I like One Punch Man. I like the whole concept of this dude that trained because he just... I think I've seen to... your video on that on YouTube. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. He just... He wanted to be... Really powerful with one punch. <laughs> <laughs> what what motivates you to keep going in the gym? Um, never opening the door that I closed. Never going back to those sort of times. Uh, nicest YouTuber you've met who's not a friend? Oh, he's not a friend. That's really tough. Oh my god, that's really, really tough because usually I would at least consider them friends. I think it means like someone who's probably like not within the sidemen and not like not kind of in your sidemen. Okay, well, Jim, Jim Sharp related. I fucking love Zach. Zach oh, Turner. Me, me and him Brilliant. sort of just me and him just clicked. Same with Elliot as well. Yeah. Um, them two, especially at the Manchester event, we sort of just instantly hit it off as well. Um, so they're great. They're amazing. And then other YouTubers. 
Oh, it's so difficult, mate, because there's online, it feels like this, you're one big cult family, right? Yeah. Because you're, you're all like this, yes, UK YouTube, we're going to the moon. Um, <laughs> I, I, I fucking love everyone. That's the issue. I don't, I don't hold grudges. I don't feel bad manners towards anyone. I love everyone. It's hard, man. It's a very PC answer. I like, I like, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and last one, mate. Um, your, your worst experience with a fan worst experience with a fan um there's a couple so when i was at wireless festival over the weekend a couple of years ago fans used to sort of research where we live and find out how to get in and speak in and stuff like that so i had this one they they used tomato ketchup all over my car and and they put a massive cock on the bonnet in tomato ketchup right but uh, and as as a twelve year old, I'd probably think that's hilarious. We put a dick on his car. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Like, lads, lads, I do get it. I do. I really get it. However, you fail to realise that one, it's a brand spanking new car. Two, the acid in tomato ketchup eats through the paint. So not only have you just like put a dick on my car, you've you've really damaged it here. Like you've you've caused major havoc for me and now for you. You didn't need to do that, did you? Yeah. I get it. Um, I get it. You think it's funny. And then also just, yeah, people that would try and come up to your door. I had one person that literally pressed my handle down, tried to get into my flat. Fucking hell, um, really? Yeah, yeah. And and it comes with the whole sort of, they think they're your friends, don't they? Because they sort mm. of see what you put out and they can relate to you. Or, but realistically, don't try and come in my flat. It's not going to end nicely. <laughs> I'm going to tell you to leave in a profuse manner. <laughs> um, and then and then you it happened recently out in london um people were sort of harassing me and my friends and mm. then they whip out the tiktok and come over and be like oh ethan la, la, whatever look you see what these people have put on tiktok what you haven't seen is people they followed us literally miles around london they were shoving a bag of weed in our face telling my friend his music was shit but then they see the one clip of me ignoring them and they're like, Ethan's a fucking prick. He doesn't hate, he hates uh. his fans. He hates people like this. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no. Like I, I will stop for anyone, but just don't try and get in my flat. And don't harass my friends. That's simply it. And don't put a dick on your car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and no cocks. Do you know what? If you put a cock on there in, in like, in Sharpie that come off, fair dues, lads, funny. But not something that's going to damage your car. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, just a massive, massive, massive thank you for um, coming on the podcast this week, mate. It's massively appreciated. Um, really, really appreciate your time. Where can everyone find a little bit more of you? Uh, YouTube, Bazinga, B-E-H-Z-I-N-G-A. And then everything else across my socials is pretty much Bazinga. Um, my Instagram's Bazingagram. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the username username, but that's pretty much it. Sidemen channel as well, and that's where we are where we're at. Amazing. So thank you everybody who is listening and who shares as always. We really, really appreciate you. And I feel like this is probably one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done. I say that every (laughs) week, but that was such an exciting podcast. Definitely up there. Yeah. So thanks again. I was going to say Ethan, but I'd rather say Bazinga because, you know, it's just (laughs) But yeah, no, a massive thank you. And thank you again to everyone listening. We'll catch you soon, guys. Bye. Bye Bye-bye for now. Bye.